Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody. Tom Miller here with our monthly expert session. And do I have an expert for you? And and as I always share, everybody, I only bring individuals into our inner circle that I know I like and I trust, right? Because I know that your time is valuable. um, And I don't want to bring anybody in there who I don't think is going to add value to you. And the reason why I bring them in is because they added value to me. And I think if they added value to me, I know they're going to add value to you. So my, our, our expert for this, for this month, Danny Bauer, um, and, and I love the topic he's going to talk about. Um, you know, Danny is just like us. He's a practitioner. Uh, but what I love, he describes himself as an unorthodox ruckus maker, right? He's mentored thousands of school <laughs> leaders through his Better Leaders, Better Schools blog, his books, and his podcast. And he's a coach. He's got uh, a powerful coaching experiences. Um, so there's two, there's two keys that really drew me to Danny. One was he had a podcast that had more downloads than mine. And I was like, well, what's this guy doing? I got to get to see him here, what he's doing. So I started to listen to your podcast a few months ago, actually. Um, and the first one I listened to was about awareness and all mm. change and growth. And it, it all comes from awareness, right? And that was the key. It's like, oh, he is, we are very, very like-minded. And then I started to do some more diving in. I was like, you know, this guy participates and runs mastermind groups just like we do. So uh, he runs a mastermind group um, to, to help unlock the talent within every school leader. Um, and it's also his, uh, you know, book as well. So he drives his masterminds from his book and his work. So he's an author. He's a leader. He's one of us. He's a teacher. And he's been in the field. So Danny Bauer is going to, you know, spend the next, you know, I don't know, 30 to 45 minutes, you know, talking to us about how, how, do you, how do you become a more effective leader? What is it that you have to really do about your self-awareness? So, Danny, thanks so much for uh, being our guest on this session. I'll tell you, Tom, the pleasure is all mine. I am uh, incredibly honored, right, for this opportunity. And, and thank you for all those kind words. I don't remember if I sent you a copy of my latest book too. So if I didn't offline, let's connect. And I, I want to make sure that I do that. Um, but yeah, you've been so. Yeah, I love that idea. And then we could run the book study off of it. That'd be great. So let's do it. Oh, super cool. Well, yeah, I was just wanting to say, you know, you're just incredibly generous and I appreciate your presence. And uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about awareness today. So let's, um, let's dive into that. I'm going to share my screen here. For those of you uh, watching live, and I know there's some uh, podcast folks as well. So it was great that you, you actually, you didn't know that you were setting me up in terms of the two keys, you know, you mentioned, but that's, that's what we're going to start. We're going to talk about keys. 
And uh, that's because I found myself with one of my colleagues uh, in a high school south side of Chicago. And I had a key just one inch from her face. And I said, I'm never going to give this key back to the administration. And from there, our relationship really just blew up. <laughs> so how did we get there? Um, I'm not going to review, you know, reveal any names and that kind of thing. But, you know, what, what I find interesting, uh, it's maybe a generalization, but my lived experience at times, uh, the, the union lead at a school is often the most ineffective teacher. In my lived experience, that's just been true, right? At one school, the, our union lead, here's how he taught class. All right, kids, we're learning this on history. Get, here, get out the books. Here's your worksheet. And he would literally kick his feet up on the desk and read the newspaper for the entire 50 minutes. And being in Chicago, that's a strong union state. You know, it took our principal, who was fearless, years, right, to, to exit him because of all the institutional power he had. Well, here I am in uh, Chicago, another school, and our most ineffective teacher, again, is the, the union president. Again, my lived experience, this is just, you know, what I've, what I've had. And, um, and the crazy thing about this teacher is that she just never comes to school. <laughs> I mean, you would think that our school ran a three-day week, right? It didn't. We had school five days. And uh, the other thing that was very inconvenient is that um, her room, she was also the department chair, so we're a new administration coming to the building. And in her classroom is the English department's book room. And that's, that's, my, that's my discipline, right? I was an English teacher, reading teacher, avid teacher. So the challenge was when she wasn't around, kids and adults didn't have access or easy access to all the books they needed to have a powerful learning experience, right? Well, at some point I become this kind of quasi administrator and then I did become an assistant principal. But this story is taking place when I'm a quasi-admin, and, uh, and at some point I get the key to her room, right? I get, I get the key to everybody's room. I get a master key. And so I take it upon myself when she decides not to come into school, I'm going to unlock her room for the sole purpose that we have access to the books in the English department. That's it. And she got very frustrated by that because uh, she was worried that I was doing some clandestine behind the scenes, you know, uh, FBI, CIA counterintelligence, stealing her union materials and floating them to the administration. Nothing could be further from the truth. I didn't care about that stuff, right? I just wanted to do things that were good for kids. And so she was quite upset and she said, can we, you know, we, we need to have a talk about this. Now, Tom, I don't know if you've ever read like, Crucial Conversations, that's a pretty popular book, right, about navigating those difficult conversations you have to have. So I read that book twice, two times, not just once, twice. Took all sorts of notes because, I'm, again, English teacher, annotator, right? I write a script because that's part of it is like practicing. What do you think the uh, experience will be like? And um, here we are. We have the difficult conversation. And wouldn't you know it, Tom? She goes off script. So even though I'm trying to make it safe, right? And I'm trying to add more context and I wanna talk about access to the books, 
at the time, Tom, I didn't realize she wanted to talk about feeling violated in her uh, domain and her concern about the union uh, materials that supposedly I'm stealing. And so she goes off script. I'm getting that because she's not, you know, realizing, hey, I need to let kids have access and teachers access to books. And so finally, I'm like, I've had it. I'm done with this conversation. And I take the key and I hold it right in front of her face. And, and basically, she wanted me to give the key back, right, to the principal. And I said, you'll never, I'll never, ever give this key back, <laughs> you know, to the what a jerk, you know, I am the biggest, we have a lot of words, colorful words, words to describe, you know, who I am in that moment. I'm sure and, you, um, it wasn't it was, in your script. Yeah, well, that wasn't in my script at all. And uh, I'll tell you what, like, that, now that I've learned more about like tough conversations and communication and stuff, what I realized is that we, we were talking about two different issues. I forget the technical term for that. But again, I'm talking about books, she's talking about union materials. If I would have talked about union materials and made that safe for her, we would be fine, but I didn't. And so I screwed it up, right? And I, I, that's the basis of today's, today's talk. It's really important to, um, to uh, realize. So yes, you already introduced me, Daniel, you know, Chief Ruckus Maker over at Better Leaders, Better Schools. And I wanna let you know, right? Tom, you did a great job with the bio, but if you only knew five things about me, here they are. And I want you to think about this in a metacognitive way as well. Because you as a school leader, a leader in general, you're a character to your community, right? I'm a character to the leaders that I serve that I call ruckus makers. And if you don't define the story, right, or define how you want to be known, people will make it up for you. So here's how I want you to know me. Number one, definitely like you, you knocked it out of the park. I'm a ruckus maker. So I'm an unorthodox leadership coach. And sort of part of my motto is why follow the rules when you can make them up, right? So that's that part. Uh, number two, my first job was in a comic book shop. When I was 11 years old, I started uh, counting inventory, Fat Touchy's Comic Book Shop, Palatine, Illinois. I basically spent so much time there, the guy just finally hired me, right? And uh, hey, kid, you want a job? I would, cook, I would count the inventory of comics. That way he could forecast how many comic books to have in his store so he can run a profitable business. And I, I love Spider-Man. He's my favorite uh, superhero and my love for reading started there. Number three, you know, listen, a podcast changed my life. You talked about it. So the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast started in 2015. Fast forward to today, you know, there's over a million and a half downloads. And what I didn't realize is that by having this podcast out there and people resonating with the, the message, a lot of folks would ask for my help. And that's what I'm saying. It changed my life. And now I'm able to serve school leaders full time. Uh, the fourth thing I want you to know about me is I lived in uh, four different states and in four different countries. So I lived in Chicago, Illinois. I've lived in Atlanta, Georgia, Houston, Texas. And then I'm now in upstate New York. United States is one of the countries I've lived in. I've lived in Belgium. I've lived in Netherlands. And I've also lived in uh, Glasgow, Scotland as well. The fifth thing I want people to know about me when I was over there living in Europe, uh, they just, in all their cafes, they have these just terrariums everywhere, probably because it's kind of gloomy often, you know, at least in uh, Northwest Europe. And so they just bring, they bring green and bright stuff into the space and it really livens it up. And so I love these, you know, little worlds in, uh, in terrariums. And since I am an unorthodox coach, I promised five things, here's a sixth, right? 
this is Alba, uh, my puppy. She's a she's a Australian Labradoodle, and we do everything together. So I love my dog very very much. I'm a big fan. Now my why my why I believe that everybody wins when you get better, right? And my mission is to connect, grow, and mentor every school leader who wants to level up. So I love school leaders. I know they have an incredibly difficult job, and it's my honor to serve them. And I think what you know we're talking about today in the live training, or folks that listen to this on a podcast, this is definitely notebook worthy, right? So unless you're driving, <laughs> don't do it then. But if you're if you're somewhere safe, grab a notebook, grab you know a pen or a pencil. Um, you definitely want to take notes, and I'm going to give you some activities. I'll describe them uh, and how I want you to take action as well. So this training, this talk is definitely for you if you've ever experienced these things. Have you ever said to yourself, why did I just do that? Remember the key? You know, I was thinking, why am I doing this? I'm such a jerk right now. But it's because of a lack of awareness. Uh, why did I just do that? Why did I say that? Or sometimes we find in the patterns, right? And this happens a lot in marriage too. But if you find yourself making the same mistake over and over, it's a blind spot, but it's an awareness issue too. So this is going to be great for people that experience that. Now, one of my favorite books, How to Win Friends, Influence um, People by Dale Carnegie, he says, when dealing with people, remember, you are not dealing with creatures of logic, but with creatures of emotion. And often as leaders, we want to convince people with logic. Here's why we need to do this thing. The data shows us this, right? Nobody cares about that. We haven't touched their hearts, okay? So you are dealing with creatures of emotion. That's super important. Uh, the Center of Creative Leadership, they did, a, they did a study and they found that 75% of careers are derailed because of a lack of emotional intelligence. It's shocking. Three quarters of leaders screw up their career because of a lack of emotional intelligence. Uh, there's a group called Talent Smart, and they, they surveyed half a million leaders. This is nothing to sneeze at. We can for sure generalize on a survey of half a million people. And they found that only 36% of leaders tested could identify in this moment right now what emotion they're experiencing, right? So we're seeing some parallels in the data already in terms of awareness and emotional intelligence. Now, let me give you an incentive, you know, to grow your emotional intelligence. 83% uh, of people that uh, have developed high emotional intelligence also just tend to be the top performers and literally make 1300 extra dollars annually than their peers with less emotional intelligence. So it, it pays you to grow your emotional intelligence. And the best news, Tom, is this. You can grow it. It's a, it's a growth mindset thing, right? Um, and one, one resource I'd love to just plug, I'm not the author at all, but if you, if you read Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by um, Travis Bradbury and Gene Graves, uh, you could take an assessment to find out where you are in your emotional intelligence. And then they provide practical, I think it's like 15 activities per domain and you can grow that emotional intelligence. And here's the proofs in the pudding. Uh, I know some people aren't seeing this live, so I'll just read it out to folks. But in 2019, my overall EQ was 72, right? Self-awareness, 69, self-management, 67, social awareness, 74, relationship management, 79. So I'm, I'm really strong with people and I have a hard time knowing myself. 
in managing myself, right? I, I cram too much right into my schedule type of thing. Now I took that assessment two years later after consistently working on the activities in the book. And as people who are watching this can see, but I grew by basically six points, let's say in every domain. So again, you can grow your emotional intelligence. Uh, you can have more impact as a benefit, being more intentional and being more proactive. So the three big ideas that I wanna talk about is identifying your triggers or buttons. I wanna talk about visiting or revisiting your values. And I'm also gonna share, Tom, listen to this, the best journal routine in the world. <laughs> so, all right, you ready to get started? Let's go. So strategy number one, identify your triggers, right? We're gonna talk about pet peeves, we're gonna talk about triggers and buttons, and we're gonna talk about annoying family members and colleagues, right? So everybody can relate to this for sure. Now I had, I had a colleague and I don't know what it was about her. Um, you know, I, I identify I'm, I'm a white male, uh, uh, cisgendered, all that type of stuff. And she's a black female. Um, maybe some of the things about her made her show up this way. I couldn't relate, but what I found annoying was that she wanted me to read over literally all her emails. What? I don't have time for this. And I just, it drove me nuts. And really when I think about that too, uh, a lot of times that, that triggered me and was a, a button issue um, because I just, I had to do that kind of as a, as a kid, right? And so uh, what I'm trying to say here is my mom was a single mom. I had to watch over my sister. Um, we, had a, we had a lot of responsibility, you know, growing up just ourselves. And so I just don't like that. I don't want to look, look over people, if that makes sense, right? And so I found this like just super annoying. And you can see, you know, this grumpy cat face there. Like that's how I was feeling for sure. And if you're living, you know, out there and... and you're just not aware of what annoys you. And kind of, if you think about uh, your family of origin and the experiences you've had in the past, they show up in the current in your work experiences. So I hope that made it clear by having to basically manage my sister because she was younger than I was and we had a lot of freedom. Then when I had to manage adults and I'm like, just, you're an adult, you have, a, you have multiple college degrees, read your own email, revise it and hit send. I do not have, time for that. So hopefully that makes sense. So within this, within this part, you know, I want everybody who's watching or everybody that's listening to identify what are your buttons, right? Like what drives you nuts? And you can go as far back to family origin type stuff. But you know, if, if we listed it right now, I think it'd be pretty easy to figure out like what annoys you. So some things like on my list, like I can't stand racists or liars or cheaters two-faced backstabbers, Cubs fans. I'm proudly from Chicago, I'm a White Sox fan, so I can't stand Cubs fans. Uh, people who play small, right? People who do not reciprocate, takers. Uh, people who talk too much and never listen. People who invest way too much into status and image. So that, that's what would be on my list, right? And people who complain and never have a solution. So what I would love for, for people to think about and, uh, you know, could you list your buttons, triggers, and scenarios, and so on? So maybe this is a few columns, but in one column, 
list your buttons, triggers, scenarios, and so on. In the second column, maybe consider why. Why do these things really annoy you? And, uh, you know, I think based on um, this, Tom, I don't know if people on Facebook and stuff write into you or not, but we'll yeah. keep moving on instead of going for shares. But this is, this is an important part, or unless you want me to pause. No, no, I do. I mean, you know, this is huge, right? So I, you know, look, everybody, live or archives, you know, Danny just threw out multiple gems that you need to stop and think about. Number one, what I saw he did, he took a book that an expert wrote, and he actually did the activity in the book. And I heard him say, I studied the book, I applied yep. the book, I evaluated my growth, and then I took the assessment and I saw, you know, benefit, right? I mean, that's, that's what leaders, leadership is not about experience. It's about evaluative experience and leading yourself, right? This is what I just heard you say. Leading myself is the hardest job, right, Danny? And so I got to know what makes me mad so I don't let it make yeah. me mad at work, right? Or, or in an important situation. We use the DISC personality profile a lot. And there's, a, yep. there's some really great indicators there. And I know under stress, I seek control and accuracy. I got to be really careful mm. uh, when I get into those, you know, hot, you know, button situations and triggers. Um, so I love yeah. it. I think this is, this is huge for uh, people to be thinking about. And I can pretty much guarantee you raised your EQ six points, right? I'm pretty sure that your income, your quality of life, your quality of relationships, everything probably accelerated with that change. That's just my guess. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was already really good to be honest, right? I, I try to say that humbly, but it's 10 billion times better for sure. Like amazing things. I'll, I'll just say this, this is sort of like an aside and then we'll keep moving on. But um, there's a really powerful activity too, because uh, this is really important for leaders. You know, Dan Sullivan has this program called uh, Strategic Coach. And uh, he talks about a, a concept gap in the game. Have you heard of this at all, Tom, by any chance? The gap in the no, game? No. Uh -uh. Okay. And so as a high performer as you are, right, um, often we're really great at setting aspirational goals. You know, uh, for me, I have about 80-something leaders that I have the pleasure to serve in our community. The next micro goal is to add 150 new leaders of support. And then when we start thinking more along the lines of big, hairy, audacious goal, like Jim Collins, we're talking uh, impact I'd love to have is serving 1,200 to 5,000 school leaders, right? Now, that, that's, that's uh, a bit scary. It's definitely aspirational. It's definitely a big, hairy, right, um, audacious goal. And here's the thing, right? When I think about the gap between where I currently am, 80-something 80, 80 leaders, and then 150 or 1,200, 5,000, I feel like a total loser because I'm not even close to that, right? And yeah. I won't be close to that tomorrow. So the, the strategy then, Dan says, is actually to look backward. That's the game. And when you can list in bullet, what are all the things life has changed for you in the last 10 years, the last three years, the last one year? Tom, I was in the Denver airport probably like three, four months ago, flying, giving a talk somewhere. And I, I did this activity. And the amount of gratitude and joy I experienced in that moment, you know, just reflecting on how much I've grown. I'm sharing that because you talked about how, how things have improved for me since working on my emotional intelligence. 
but that's just another, you got a bonus activity that you can work on too. And it's a really good one for, for, um, for leaders for sure. Yeah, no, that's great. And cool. I, yeah, and I just encourage people. I mean, that's, that's, that's where it's at, right? I mean, you could just study one book for the rest of your life. It'll, it'll change your world, right? As long it'll as you change your world. You got it. So let, let's keep moving on. Um, strategy two is just visiting your values, right? So, you know, if I would have done that, I probably wouldn't have uh, had the key moment because that's not the type of leader, right? That I, that I want to be. And my wife is fallen silent, aware of this habit that's not mine. I examine my entire day and go back over what I've done and said, hiding nothing from myself. That's important. Hiding nothing from myself, passing nothing by. And basically, that's a, that is a way that Seneca reviewed his values on a nightly basis. And here the image, for those that don't see it, it's just a person jumping across like a, a canyon. And that's because there's a gap. When you don't visit your values regularly, there's going to be a gap between the ideal version of Danny or Tom and the current reality, right? And so we want to be in as much alignment and as close to that ideal version of ourselves as we can, okay? So visiting our values is the way to get there. Also, if you visit your values uh, consistently, this is one thing that will turn you into a proactive leader. And who doesn't want that, right? Many leaders I support, at least initially, are talking about the fires and all the emergencies. And, you know, they feel like the whack-a-mole or the pinball in a pinball machine, right? And they're just reacting every day, you know, and can't get to what they know is the most important. So by visiting your values, you actually become a more proactive leader. So again, another three-column exercise, what I'd love for you to think about, column one, list out your values, right? Keep the list tight, too. You know, if, if we're working together and going deeper on this concept, I would say three to five at most, right? What are those three to five core values that you have? And then in the middle column, since you're reviewing your day, list anything, and like Seneca did, hide nothing, hide nothing. This anything you said or did, you aren't proud of in the last week or so, right? The key in somebody's face, that is embarrassing. You know, I never should have done it, but it was a learning moment for me. Okay, so that's column two. Column three is now you have a chance to make amends. You know, if you're still in relationship with the person, you could make it right. You need to make it right uh, if you're a leader. If, if that isn't a possibility, at least you can do this through the exercise. So column three, what could you have done differently? What will you do about it, right? And so that's the exercise here, just with visiting your values, three columns. Anything you want to add to that, Tom, before we move on? Okay, if you don't, I just want to check in. No, I just, you know, again, a very powerful exercise. And I think, um, you know, when you can think back to the body language that you created in other people, right? That's that column two. What's something you said that you weren't, you know, proud of, right? And it could be with your spouse or your kids. Like I got a nine-year-old and a 14-year-old. I'd never ask you, Danny. I don't know if you have any children, but right. Like those two have grown me incredibly because I don't want, I don't want them to remember me at my worst moment, right? Um, so yeah. that's what I'm always working towards. How can I be the best me to model the way? And, lead? and that's what leaders have to do in their buildings, in their community. 
like you're in a fishbowl. And so you can't just be saying what you think you want to say because you're upset. And that's a big one right there. That's good. I love it. Totally. I really appreciate that point with you and the kids. I don't, I don't have kids yet, you know, working on it and hope to, to uh, have a bigger family in the future. Um, but back in 20, I want to say 2016, we read The Happiness Advantage by Sean Anker. And uh, I think I'll get the stat right. But I think it was like one in th- three to one or five to one. But basically, you know, for every positive thing, let's say five positive things you do with somebody you work with, one, one negative thing, you know, experience uh, can wipe it all out. And the stakes are even higher in a relationship since you brought up the kids and then marriage. That, that ratio is like seven to one, nine to one. So don't worry about, is it seven? Is it nine? Just know that it takes a lot more positive than negative and the stakes are even higher, you know, within your family. Yep. So mo- moving on uh, sh- strategy. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, please. No, no, I, just, no, I, no I love that. I, I, I try for a four to one, right? If I'm giving feedback in a classroom or yep. whatever, or, you know, it's, I'm like four to one four. like, sometimes you got to find, you got to find something positive to say, but you got to, you got to start there because, you know, yeah. I love, you know, uh, uh, you know, win friends and influence people. I mean, that's what the whole book's yeah. about, right? It's about, you know, yeah. it's about really connecting with people to help get what, you know, we all need, right? I mean, it's leadership is influence. It's not a title in any capacity. So I love it. It's great. Absolutely. Great. Absolutely. So uh, strategy three, I'm really excited about this one because I, I labeled it the best journal routine in the world. <laughs> and so I'm going to give you the morning and evening routine that's really worked for me. Um, this is important. And I, I want you to understand because a lot of people that might not have a journal practice, uh, the obstacles might be time. Uh, what do I even ask myself? How do I begin? So on and so forth. You can do this in just five minutes a day, right? Uh, maybe 10 if you do a morning and an evening and, and the two journal uh, frameworks I'll show you are different, but five to 10 minutes, like you can find that. And here's a challenge too. Like, yeah, I didn't think I'd say this, but if you go to your iPhone or, you know, Android, whatever, you can check your screen time, right? Do that. You know what I'm saying? And if you did, it's going to tell you how much time you spend on your phone, right? And especially social media too. You have the 10 minutes is all my point, right? You have a lot more time than than you realize. So we'll just leave it at that. And the thing too is, is if you've ever felt like, um, you know, again, repeating the same mistakes and, you know, the quotes attributed to Einstein, but insanity is doing the same thing over and over, right? Ex- expecting a different result. And you're running around with your hair on fire or making the same mistakes or whatever, like slow things down, start journaling. You're going to see the patterns. I had a pattern, uh, you know, the, the other day was something in, um, uh, I just realized, you know what, I'm sick of doing it. I'll, I'll just be vulnerable. So I, I feel like I'm a way better leader within my organization, you know, and serving leaders than within my family. And there were things just around the house or whatever, just not getting done. And, and my wife and I forever had talked about like having a family meeting or whatever. This, this is a common sense. You know, I'm not sharing anything that's rocket science here. But we just never prioritized it. And uh, she has a fairly flexible schedule as a, as a professor at a university, and I work for myself. So it's not like we couldn't do it, right? So finally, we started putting on our calendars a, a meeting. It's called the family meeting, 9 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And we have a rolling agenda in our Apple Notes. We keep adding to it. We're knocking stuff out like crazy, 
but we feel connected. You know, it's better for our intimacy, our communication. And you know how I figured this out? I was just sick of getting the feedback from her and I journaled about it and I saw the pattern and I broke the pattern. So ho hopefully that's resonating with folks. Now the morning routine, I'm just gonna say, I've been using that since 2016. So I can tell you that it works or I, I wouldn't have been doing it, you know, for this long. The evening routine is newer to me. That's, um, that's to something that I've been doing since 2020. But again, just five minutes, morning, five minutes at night. Okay, so here is the morning routine. I want you to write down three things you're grateful for. So you hear a lot about, you know, gratitude journal. Uh, if you have a spiritual practice um, or even like meditation, you know, there's loving kindness. Uh, but either way, like a prayer or an intention, some type of positive thing for your partner, your children, your family, maybe a colleague, okay? Uh, third would be, and again, remember, you're moving from reactive to proactive leader. What's a challenge you might experience today? And how will you overcome it? How are you going to deal with it? A lot of us don't take the time just to think through what's they going to be like. And then they get to the moment that they probably knew was kind of coming and they're not prepared. So there you go. Proactive leadership. Uh, who can you help today without expectation of payback? So just doing good to do good. And then hopefully you have something exciting on your calendar today, right? Every day you should have something exciting. And this, to be, to be totally uh, transparent, for me, this was it, Tom, because I had the event, you know, I was telling you, I was in uh, Miami, now I'm home. So this was like the biggest thing on my calendar, and I know it's going to help people. So thank you again for having me. So that's, that's the morning routine. Evening routine, again, just takes five minutes. Credit where credit's due. Uh, David Peterson is the chief transformation officer, or at least he was at the time when he taught me this, um, over at Google. So he's, you know a coach of uh, executives. And here's, here are the questions, you know, for you. Um, what did I try today that's new? So David taught this to me. Uh, what did I learn today? What worked for me? What didn't work? What do I want to do differently tomorrow? And then the last part, I added this myself, but just the way I kind of systematically create goals and the goals are aligned to my quarterly objectives are aligned, you know, to annual, right, to three-year, to all of it, right? Uh, but I identified just big three tasks that I want to get done in the day. And of course, I'm going to do way more than three things each day, but these are the three most important. So I make sure they get done no matter what, no matter what. And here's the thing. I tell everybody about it. Uh, they can check in, hold me accountable, and I keep score. So I can tell you each day, am I zero for three, one for three, two for three, three for three, right? So ho hopefully that makes sense. All right. Can, so can today we talked about, question? Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry, Tom. Okay? No. Yeah, yeah. Can you back a slide on that of one? Of course. Yeah. So, yeah, this so one? yeah, and I want to make sure I heard you right. So as you're like giving yourself a score, do you, um, you know, go back once a week or like, or I'm sorry, once a month or once every quarter and kind of look at your score and see what, what was happening in your life at that time or what may have caused you. Yeah, to awesome, awesome love. question. Right, right. I'm so glad you, you asked that. So uh, uh, I don't obsess, you know, like Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, they, they don't look at the stocks every day, right? So, and so um, for me, I don't look, like daily. Uh, I for sure look monthly and quarterly. 
But uh, every month I do a, a dashboard and there's only a few things that go on there. One of them is my productivity score because I know if I operate at an 80% or higher uh, execution range, uh, then I'm going to get a lot done, probably more done in three months than most people get done in a year. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that Miami and I'm in, I'm in the mastermind for myself too. Right. And so, um, I am, I'm thrilled that like part of, uh, the way people describe me, like my coach always tells all the other people, be like Danny, execute like him. Right. So I understand this, this is for sure a superpower of mine, but it works. It works because in public, I tell people what I'm trying to accomplish. And like on my blog, I'll say, here's what I'm doing over the quarter. Yeah. And then people that follow my work, they know when the quarter's over, I'm going to tell people the results. Yep. And since I've been in the habit of doing that for seven years, there's no way I'm up to my community, right? Saying, hey, I executed at 30%. Now, I don't, I don't succeed at everything all the time, for sure. But even again, like 80% or higher, you don't have to be perfect you're gonna you're gonna move the needle more than you even thought was possible yep. that that's the point if it makes sense yeah did that, did that answer the question oh yeah i mean it's it's you know right on and and you know you're right right you know i'm in the mastermind too you know you know myself right because right. we as you know coaches you know and i have coaches so it's like i can't call myself a coach if i'm not willing to have a coach right you know i, I can't no. say yeah. masterminds if i'm not in them you know myself so yeah. And it's, it's really powerful to say out loud what you're going to do because it's accountability. So at the end of each one of our weekly sessions, I ask everybody, what's your action step, you know, for the week? And then when we come back, the first thing it is, your action step was this. How did you do? Right. And they always say, like, I knew Tom was going to ask me, so I had to do it. <laughs> that's what it is, right. I mean, that's, you know, they don't want to yeah. let other people down. Right. We're all rooting for each other. That's the power of the mastermind. So I love the fact that you're also doing that. But uh, school leaders it's really you know it's extremely powerful because uh, our job for is sure, for sure. Yeah, right yeah and if you're out there you know watching or listening and looking for a coach or a mastermind that should be like one of your first questions when you when you're on some type of like discovery enrollment call or whatever like who's your coach who's your mastermind That's a great point. person okay. can't answer you gotta run yeah <laughs> i'm sorry yeah you're not for me yeah yeah no that's yeah that's that's exactly right. You nailed it right there. That's the accountability that you want. I mean, if you want to grow, totally. be around other people who are growing. Don't ask your unemployed neighbor or, you know, someone who hasn't done anything, hey, what do you think yeah. I should do? Uh, they don't think, right? Because they haven't been thinking. So don't worry about it. Go ask someone who is there. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll share a real quick story here because, um, you know, strategy two was about visiting your values, right? So one of mine I'll reveal is called the sponge that scales. Okay. And, uh, on a meta level, I like to create values that are, uh, curious, you know, hopefully inspire people to wonder what they mean. And I was taught years ago, this acronym ILT, invest in yourself, learn a bunch of great stuff and teach it to others and you'll be a success. So that's what a sponge at scale. That's what it means, right? That I'm out there just soaking things in and I'm scaling, getting bigger, right? The impact I have is bigger the revenue I can generate from a business point of view gets bigger. Like everything gets bigger and better if I uh, follow through with that value. So that's why it's important, you know, for me to visit my values. All right. So we, we talked about the key story um, and how self-awareness really, you know, could be a key for, for your, uh, just the value you create, you know, for others and the impact that you have as a leader. And strategy one was about identifying triggers and buttons. 
Strategy two is about visiting our values. And strategy three was the world's best uh, journal routine. We talked about the benefits, right? More impact, being intentional, and finally figuring out what it means to be a proactive leader. And so if there was one thing I wanted you to remember from this uh, conversation was just that you can grow your emotional intelligence and you can have a bigger impact uh, in this world by taking that seriously and honestly in just five to 10 minutes a day if you just did the uh, routine, for example. So hopefully, you know, you got value today. And if the answer to that question is yes, I do have a book Tom mentioned, you know, it's called Mastermind Unlocking Talent Within Every School Leader. I would be so honored. Um, I want to, again, connect, grow, and mentor every school leader who wants to level up. So if that's you or you know a school leader, I would be thrilled, you know, if you'd consider uh, picking up a copy of that book. And then if you want to connect with me, it's Daniel at BetterLeadersBetterSchools.com. My number is 312-788-7595. And then uh, I ask that this is okay. I have, if you want the slides from today's talk, uh, I have a free training called the Powerful Day Video Course. Um, I revealed the morning and evening questions. If you'd like weekly, monthly, and annual questions, I have those for you as well. And then three videos on self-management. So if you go to betterleaderschools.com slash EQ for emotional quotient, then you can get that, uh, that free down, well, all those resources. And then the last thing, you know, I, I kind of want to um, just end with is just really, you know, what is your key to success? I would say that one of mine, right, is not putting a key in my colleague's face, <laughs> but realizing that that's not right and working on my own self-awareness, you know, and uh, growing my emotional intelligence. So I don't know if there is any um, Q&A and that kind of thing, um, Tom, but that's, that's, uh, that's what I have prepared for today. And thank you so much for having that me. That was awesome. And I'll give, we do have some live folks that said, hey, throw your question in the chat now here. And, I, you know, because I, I just want to make sure that we get this information back out. So first of all, in the links in the comments, if you're live, it'll be in the show notes. You need to go to betterleaderbetterschools.com. All one word, better leader, better leaders, better schools.com. And the third thing that really attracted me, you know, to Danny is that he understands that truly the only way to improve your school is to improve you and your leadership. That's it. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, we spend our, I mean, look, everybody, when I look at the finances of schools and see that the water, and trash and sewer line is higher than the professional development line item. I got a problem. You gotta, you gotta grow your people. You gotta grow yourself. There's nothing wrong with just using podcasts, right? It can be free because there's, there's really great stuff. There's great content, right? Good start. There's yeah, no yeah. lack of content out there. There's no reason why we shouldn't have better leaders, except it's the application. It's, mm -hmm. it's understanding the information saying, all right, here's where I am and here's where I want to go and creating change in between. That's why I just say, you know, look, if there's up here and you're here, everything in between is, you know, change. Danny just gave you an, an incredible daily, uh, you know, a strategy, well, three extra strategies, but I love the morning routine and the end of the day routine, right? I mean, it's all about yeah. a diet experience. So you're going to go to betterleadersbetterschools.com right? And if you do the forward slash EQ, you can get right now, you can get 
you know, the free training um, and those resources and these slides. So do that. Get on Danny's list. Um, you know, number one, get the book. Now, can we get the book at Amazon? Is it on your website too? Or hey, everyone, you- thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Principal's Office podcast. Wasn't Danny a great guest? We had some technical issues at the end, so I wanted to make sure that we were able to to share, uh, uh, you know, where to learn more about Danny. If you go to betterleadersbetterschools.com, betterleadersbetterschools.com, you're going to find all sorts of free uh, resources. But his books, he's got two. Uh, uh, the first one is the Better Leaders, Better Schools Roadmap. And then he also has his book on uh, Mastermind, Unlocking the Talent Within Every School Leader. So you can go to Amazon and you can look up Daniel Bauer or or look up, you know, Better Leaders, Better Schools, and you're going to find his books. And then you can also uh, check out his his, uh, podcast, which is under the same name, Better Leaders, Better School podcast. So thanks again, everybody, for being a member of our school leadership community. And uh, hopefully, if this offered value to you, make sure you hit the like button and uh, subscribe and share. And leave us a comment. Let you know, Daniel and I know how, how you like this podcast, what added value, what didn't add value. We always love feedback. Thanks, everybody. Have an amazing day. Keep making a difference. Bye-bye.